Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. Travis, how you doing, man, my man? I have to spend the next week, our Thanksgiving you week. You have to. I have to get off social media. <laughs> you do have to. For, now I agree with you. For the next week. You have lost your mind. I have lost my I also woke up. You live in a world I woke of memes. Up humming this song. Oh my goodness. Trump 2020, Trump train 2020. I'm going to shoot Trump you in the head. Trump 2020, Trump train 2020. That is, a, that is a song that is playing on TikTok every day, every other, every other talk. I don't I know through. how you found the web of weirdness that you did find on TikTok. I think you have to get rid of it. Your mind is also, warping. Another, I can see song, it right in front of my another eyes. Another song they love is uh, Welcome to the Red Kingdom. That is upsetting. That's that's tech, I hate it. Tech Nine out of uh, out of Kansas, but uh, they these songs are people on TikTok are like very convinced that Trump is gonna be president in the year twenty twenty one. Well, it's not happening. I hope everyone is doing all right out there. A little optimistic note coming in from Ben Kissel. Everything is going forward. The Senate is about to approve uh, the cabinet of Joe Biden. They're figuring out the names, and the Senate has said if they're like you know mainstream, they're gonna say yes. And then also when it comes to the votes, we just had Georgia. They officially confirmed their vote today, mm-hmm. and as twice. the twice and as the weeks go on other states will confirm their vote i am optimistic because despite the fact that rudy giuliani is melting right in front of our eyes as if he was some ice cream cone left outside on a sidewalk here in beautiful sunny los angeles dripping onto the sidewalk to imply that the fun is over despite all of their pleas that there was election fraud it is not being proven and it will not be proven yeah and the american system is going forth despite the fact that Donald Trump is doing what Putin only wishes that he could do, which is completely delegitimize a legitimate election. I mean, at this point, everyone must have seen clips or the whole thing of Giuliani Woo! 
literally melting down on You're stage. telling me, Travis, he gets paid 20 grand a day. That is his legal fee so from two, the Trump team. $20,000 a day. Well, and I well, And these motherfuckers <laughs> can't pass a stimulus. Well, what does what does $20,000 Not that Giuliani is in government. What does $20,000 get you for uh, everything. for a legal representation? Well, I let's play a little bit of what what that looks like. What does oh $20,000 a day look like on stage? You can hear the melting. Good afternoon. This is not a singular voter fraud in one state. This pattern repeats itself. He's shrinking like a, a popple. Remember popples? Almost yeah. exactly the same pattern. When it's being, when it's being, it is amazing how much they can use the trappings States of legitimacy to make this case. Mass cheating. They have all the flags behind them. That's four American flags. There's four American, American flags behind them. Inspector, as well as others, if there are other parties, is allowed to watch the unsealing of this ballot. That could have been Mickey Mouse. That could have been a dead person. That could have been not filled out properly. There's a series of that things it could have been. been. It could have been a roach. It could, it could be absolutely anything, and that is his point. That, that is been, his point. It could have been a rabbit so stuffed inside of this envelope. Georgia will tell us nothing because these fraudulent ballots will just be counted again. Did you all watch My Cousin Vinny? <laughs> You know the movie? My, it's a great my movie, favorite, to be fair. Uh, law movies, I think he misquotes from the, uh, My Cousin Vinny. And uh, when actually... the, the nice lady who said she saw, and then he... Uh, he the the window was dirty, you recall. Do I, how many he fingers might... do I got up? This and is she says, uh, his argument for Trump three. winning the election. Hold on, I want to hear this. too far away to see it was only two. These people were further away than my cousin Vinny. I can't give you all these affidavits <laughs> because if I do, these people... Flawless. Flawless. So yes, his, his cousin Vinny uh, analogy was that, you know, people were very, very far, 10 feet, in fact, I, away from the, the ballots that were being counted. I'm upset he didn't bring up nothing but trouble, but if he does have to make a movie reference, my cousin Vinny is really good. If you think about how funny it is to have a cousin Vinny who is also a lawyer, and then you got into some legal trouble in the Deep South. I bet Rudy Giuliani has two really good friends that he like makes cousin Vinny references with a thousand times. Like you guys talk about nothing but trouble. I'm sure that he does. So that again is, as Travis said, well, Giuliani was ranting and raving. That is the official line coming from the president's lawyer that if you think about the movie my cousin uh, my cousin Vinny, uh you think about it, oh, the woman who couldn't see because the dirty glass right the glass yes. was dirty and then she didn't have good eyesight so that makes sense and that proves that donald trump is still president and if you don't believe that you are nothing more than a brainwashed libtard and i mean the without real, a doubt the real point of these press conferences confuse 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 and confused, just delay the inevitable but also like this is this is a cash grab moment for uh, populist right wing, um, like basically fringe conspiracy groups and networks that want to become the new OANN or the new Newsmax. They better watch out because I'm telling you, Newsmax, it's, ba- it's basically people who were rejected from Fox News. I was watching a show on there the other day. By the way, Mark Halperin. Remember Mark yes. Halperin? He got me too there. He was on that show, The Circus. He appears on this guy Chris Salido's show regularly now. Chris Salido, he's just this blowhard, moronic 50-year-old dude who is just as cliche as they come, uh, just spouting off basically just a poor man's Rush Limbaugh, who I think we're going to talk about here in a second. But that's where he is now. That's where where he is. Uh, Mark Halperin is now on Newsmax. (laughs) 
but there was also a show that I saw yesterday. It was called Stand Up Trump. Now, this is incredible. Stand Up Trump. And it reframed the past four years as if there were nothing more than a jovial comedic experience where we had nonstop fun and everyone was going down the river on inner tubes and drinking beers and just laughing and laughing and laughing. They cut together Donald Trump's best jokes during his campaign speeches. They added a laugh track. And it was one of the most fascinating ways of reframing the past four years of absolutely uh, of borderline levels of hell, depending on the week. That is how Newsmax is sort of uh, changing the narrative in real time when it comes to the past four years of Donald Trump. And that is why Travis believes that Donald Trump will be running again in 2024. Trump will be back in I 2024. Believe, I will be do half, not believe that. He will but, be half cyborg, but he will be he will be back in 2024. He is too fat to have a cyborg surgery. Don't you have to be in really good shape? Have you ever seen Universal Soldier or even RoboCop? Have you seen uh, the Doom video game series where these giant <laughs> pot-bellied men have, yeah, have like cyborg... They're not president, though. Have you seen uh, Dr. Robotnik well, from Sonic? Well, of course. I mean, of these course. people... These monsters exist, Ben. Well, Jim, in our popular culture, in our popular imagination. Jim Carrey was in pretty good shape, though. Which is why I did not. He did a fine well, job as Dr. Robotnik. That's Robotnik. why that movie is unrecognizable to me. I did to watch be quite it. Honest. I did laugh a little bit, but it's tough with Sonic. It's hard to adjust a uh, 2D game into the 3D world. But uh, what I was saying about milking this moment. Oh, tell me more about milking, Travis. <laughs> I love it when you say the word milking. I use a lot of evocative words that don't... You, everyone can just pull at my word meanings from left and but right. But yes, speak Pug about... at my word just, meaning. Just speak on how they're milking this moment. I well, love to think about Giuliani so and milking. this live stream, I mean, he's saying absolutely nothing. He's it's saying... Nonsense. It's nonsense. It's, it's But gar- these are hours-long hours long pressers that are then featured on YouTube and yes. other, any other kind of video streaming. Like, on YouTube, YouTube, uh, I didn't know about this before, but there are these things called super stickers or like super chats yeah. that you, you, basically what you can do, you can spend $20 during one of these streams, you know, whether it be a Giuliani presser or alleging fraud or whatever. And if you spend $20, you can actually pay for your comment to be featured Whoa. on the stream. And now that, that's, no way. Uh, like what? My comment can be featured on YouTube. But then, but then you go like, oh, who would spend money? Yeah, who would do that to like feature their their like comment on this actual this stream or what's happening in this video? And the answer is people who are trying to cash in on conspiracy theories, uh, cash in on this right wing zealotry. Right, if that's a word. Um, but like here, so here's some here's some comments well, that popped up for the Rudy Giuliani speaking, stream. Cash me outside because that's where Donald Trump is going to be outside the White House extremely soon. We'll play this, and I want to talk well, no, about so some here, of the just, states that these uh, are some of the comments. These so, are some so of the comments. comments. Great, You're hear okay. my voice. Oh, I can't uh, wait. And then we'll talk about some so of the states paid, that are going to certify this is, here. This in is a on second. the uh, the Giuliani live stream. Somebody paid ten dollars to say this. Okay, and you you gauge for yourself. Would I pay ten dollars? Uh, how is this happening? in the United States. There is more evidence George Soros connection, oh. Biden question mark, Whoa. Chinese connection question Whoa. mark. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. $10. That cost no, $10. I mean, it could literally take a kindergarten teacher to figure out what the truth is here, but okay. And then Diana follows that up with Not a... Not fi- the kindergarten. Kindergarten teachers are very smart. They teach our youth. Diana, no last name. Uh, she follows it up with a $5 comment, so it's a little less important, but she says, it's not absentee ballots that are the problem. It's mail-in. Mail-in ballots. Those are the problems. Stupid Democrats. Stop 
being dumb. <laughs> and then following How that. How much did you pay to say $5. that? Oh, so that's that cost $5. That's not so bad. That's so almost then, worth And it. then Maria Torres comes out of nowhere with this $20 donation. Whoa, this better be hot. And this is like, okay, so this must be important if she wants to, she needs to spend $20 to get this info to us. Yeah. Maria Torres says, California voter fraud, our elections are rigged, illegals and dead voting, Republican ballots never sent, some tossed, never counted. They even have the same, like, there's verbiage. Like a staccato, there's a cadence, yeah. Yeah, there's like a weird robotic, like, it's just being shot out Wrong. of there. yeah. Uh, and then Anita Schwartz, oh, she comes in with $55. Her name is Anita Schwartz. And that's 55 she needs a, masha- a massage. That's $55 from China. <laughs> like, there's international currencies are being funneled into this. So somebody in China uh-huh. spent 55 uh, US dollars, <laughs> who, like spent spent uh, the equivalent of 55 uh, US dollars to say, hope you all saw Crowder's latest revelations. Over 170,000 unregistered voters voted in Michigan. Wow, So thank they're you. really trying to get the message out there. Stephen Crowder. Uh, that, the, hey, we know about the secret, you know, the secret information behind this election. The front lines of truth. Stephen Crowder, indeed. But it is a, it is a massive, like, this is the moment to strike while the iron well, is hot. I want to point this out the nice thing is as all of this you know hyperbolic superficial nonsense appears on our television the actual inner workings of all of these lawsuits are being thrown out yes the lawsuits are all being thrown out the courts have already thrown out 25 they're going to throw out all of them uh it really is on a positive note Mm -hmm. a sign that our system is working it's a sign that the system is just, you can do whatever you want politically. You don't want to concede. You don't have to concede. You can be a spoiled, a poor loser. You can do whatever, but we're just going to keep on plowing through. Because Friday, November 20th, that was that's of course mm-hmm. today, Georgia, they have officially just gone on. They have certified their election results, and we're going to start seeing this happen more and more. So Monday, November 23rd is going to be a big day uh, just before Thanksgiving. Isn't this going to be exciting for everyone on Monday? I know everyone's going to. It'll be like the night before Christmas, Uh won't it? Everyone will sleep and and dream of democracy. Monday, November 23rd, Michigan and Pennsylvania, they are expected to certify their totals. Once that happens, this is all done. This is nothing more than political theater. Obviously, if you're Giuliani, you got to make up something every morning because you want to make 20 grand by the end of the day. Tuesday, November 24th, we'll have Minnesota, November, uh, Nevada, uh, North Carolina. Saturday, Ohio, November 28th, and so on and so forth. Monday, November 30th, Arizona, Iowa, Nebraska. Yeah. So it is going forward in a much more traditional way than what we're seeing play out on social media and what we're seeing play out whenever Donald Trump talks or whenever Giuliani talks, or whenever Fox and Friends is on. I mean, the good thing is we can presume that, yes, things are just rolling out as they are going to roll out, which means President-elect Joe Biden will be the next president. He will be inaugurated. It is happening. It's going to happen. However, there are very, like concerning things obviously on the on the the periphery of this whole situation which are republicans not agreeing that uh joe biden is the president-elect and then you have uh, democrats just not really doing anything uh which seems to be the biden like stance on it he doesn't want to he doesn't want to give it air the powerful republicans in the senate i mean mainly mitch mcconnell he's already working with biden's transition team he's already speaking with biden so he knows the, the proof is in the pudding. Everyone understands sure. Trumpism is about to be 
uh, in phase two. Travis thinks it's going to be stronger. I really do believe it's going to. I don't want to speak for you. You can speak for yourself. But I really think that once you're broken in American politics, you're broken. Oh, no. And I don't think you ever put it back together I think we again. Don't, I don't think we fully understand. But we'll see. The psychosis happening right now no, for I, half I of the country. I definitely believe that. I, but it's not half of the country. It's 70% of the Republican Party, which make up 30% of the country. It's about 25. Okay, just let to me be optimistic. That. Let Let's re- say 25% me of the country that. is the, crazy. The, the psychosis happening for like 74 million people in this country, who, however many voted for Trump. Yeah. It was like I wonder, 74, right? I think, I think so. he got like 72 or something million. Biden had 80 million. Holy something. shit. They got a bunch. They got a bunch. They got a bunch. And uh, then, of course, you do wonder how many of those people are like super diehard. Yeah. Will Trump, does Trump's response turn off some of those people? I don't know. I stopped giving that the benefit of the doubt, that idea, the benefit of the doubt, the, pretty much after the Megyn Kelly thing. I the, think. the reason why it's like, it's a little like unsettling. I think we can all like mm. rest assured that it's whatever. It's definitely it's unsettling, unsettling because even today, it's horrible. Trump invited two Michigan uh, state legislature uh, representatives, right. uh, Republicans, to come talk to him in the White House. Just, Just like talk. Have, have a chat, man. Have some Burger and King. And these, these people also happen to have some hand in actually the, you know, the certification process of the ballots in Michigan. But I, you know, what's the big deal? Guys like to hang out. And guys let, hang out. Michigan guys, White House guys. We all we're all just guys. It was just International Men's well, Day yesterday. Oh, was if, it? If we can't all celebrate just being guys hanging out, then what's <laughs> the like? What is the point? Really? I do miss smacking butts when people ran out there on the old football you, field. You mentioned uh, Limbaugh earlier. I do want to play this. Well, let's clip. just just one second. I yeah. do want to talk just lastly here when it comes to uh, this episode and when we talk about what's going on with the voter fraud cases. A little bit later on here, we're going to speak with Doctor. Robert Vitrakis. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been speaking with him about for many years, which is voter fraud and how the right has sort of used a lot of the left's rhetoric when it comes to some of the vote stripping and vote flipping that does happen mm-hmm. in U.S. elections. Again, when it comes to vote stripping, as I mentioned last week, that's what happens in these states like Georgia. 2018, when you purge hundreds of thousands of people off their voter rolls, it happens all the time. It happens in Arizona. It happens in Florida. It goes down to our laws on felons not being able to vote and so on and so forth. So we're going to speak with him on that. But we're also going to talk to him a little bit on Jeffrey Epstein and his uh, interesting relationship with Leslie Wexner. Leslie Wexner, they just opened another investigation into him. And of course, he was the uh, the CEO and the the owner of uh, Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. because who better to take lingerie advice more from? than Lexley, Leslie Wexner, a man who truly looks like, like he is possessed by the devil. Well, he looks like Abe Vigoda. He is scary. So we're going to talk to uh, Dr. Fetrakis about that, and it's really interesting because there is uh, you some pretty to, valid rumors. You you revealed some information to me that sent me sent my head spinning. Well, if, sure. you, if you've if you watched the Jeffrey Epstein, oh my goodness, I'm blank. Filthy Rich. Filthy Rich, yeah, it's on, it's on uh, Netflix. It's a four-part series, I think. I think Keen Wexner were they were doing some butt stuff. They were it, having some which fun, which is incredible. Like I did it's, not. I like see to that, think about it every day. I did I not see that day. coming. I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, they, I don't think he saw Epstein coming either because he was from behind. behind yeah, there we right. go. Now we're having fun with it. So we're going to talk to him about that, and we're also going to talk to him about what's going on. Uh, how did Epstein get control of all of Wexner's money? There is so much to that, and uh, 
Fitrakis, uh, Doctor Fitrakis, sort of Alistair Crowley, like it is black the, magic. Kind the of more thing. that we learn about Jeffrey Epstein, the more cultish he is in the sense that he just lied and lied and lied, and everyone knew yeah. after an experience with him. Five years later, everyone's like, yeah, that guy is kind of bullshit, but he just was allowed to go forth because he had these connections with such wealthy people. Wexner, there is a lot of speculation that the reason he was able to take over his assets, billions and billions of dollars, was because of the affair that he had with him. And uh, I guess he used that as leverage. Of course, perhaps it was a different time and Leslie Wexner wanted to keep that private. So we're going to talk to Petrakis about that. Let's play the sound that Travis had uh, lined up here. And then after that, I want to talk about Sheriff uh, Clark. This man has gotten crazier and crazier as the years have gone on. As the, as the years have gone on, former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark uh, he's calling for a Proud Boys chapter in Wisconsin, but we'll talk about that because that plays on what Travis was saying when it comes to what is the next phase of Trumpism uh, now that they no longer have the strongest well, so and most powerful office in the land. Rush Limbaugh, still alive, still kicking. Still alive, I, I, can't really hear that well. But. I think for the, you know, in this weird period, this is probably like the like a church confessional for a lot of uh, conservatives, like go- going on the show, talk- calling into the Rush Limbaugh talk radio show. Well, don't forget, after 2012, they did what, like the anatomy of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. They did like a whole uh, breakdown of the Republican Party. And as you can see, it's turned into what it is. But- well, so somebody called in to, to Rush, and this is the kind of... This is the kind of thing maybe we expected, this kind of emotion that this caller elicits is maybe what we expected after, right after the election. But I think this is a little bit more, um, they, they're keeping this emotion very close to the chest. Well, I think in uh, some ways I wonder if it's almost good to just have the slow realization as opposed to as opposed to having it definitive right now. Oh, sure. Maybe it's just safer for all of us if January 20th, when it sneaks up on everyone and Biden's officially president and it's all done Maybe it'll be nice for people to just look back and be like, oh, wow, I never thought it was going to happen. Because if they really do believe that Trump lost, it could get dangerous. It's going to get dangerous. Uh, but here, let's listen, to this, uh, let's listen to this caller on Rush Limbaugh. Oh, I can't wait. Who's uh, expressing some emotion. Oh, Hi, Rush. It's great to be here. Um, I'm going to try to hold myself together and not get emotional <laughs> here. But oh. um, I want to harken back to your statement about Georgia yeah. and about the Trump voters. He's so yeah. thin. Man. And they should be very afraid very afraid trump and you are all we have left rush we've spent our lives voting for these people because they're not them and we just can't do it anymore we're tired of being stabbed in the back rush it's better (laughs) to have an enemy that's in front of you than a friend that's behind you that's just going to stab you they do it every time we have a republican controlled state and they won't do an audit of the vote they won't they just basically told every Georgian that they don't care. We were in Washington on Saturday. Me and my 33-year-old son, we saw more people than we've ever seen in our lifetime, ever. And we're season ticket holders for the Ravens, for God's sakes. I've been in crowds of 80,000 people. I've been to Steelers games, for goodness sake. <laughs> I have never seen so many people. But were there any Republicans there? He's probably no. just not been to a big city. None. <laughs> None. But wait, 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 wait. What? There were no Republicans. What, what was this thing that oh. you went to? A week ago, Saturday in Washington, D.C., yeah, but- the mega rally. 
There must have been hundreds of thousands. Okay, it's a MAGA rally, and there were, you mean no elected Republicans? Is that what you mean? Yes, I do. Okay. Our party leadership, quote unquote, if this were a Democrat rally, they would all be there. They were there for the anti Tea Party movement walking hand in hand yep. up the steps. Yep. No one stands for us, Rush. Only you and Donald Trump. Mm. God forbid. What do we have left? I love my president. I'm not. I am not a revolutionary, Rush. But I will die for my president. Oh, this man is officially—he is this truly man broken. Has given more to this country than anybody, and he has no need to. None. He's a billionaire. He doesn't need this. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's pretty weird. (laughs) All right. Wow. So that man is obviously going through the emotional ringer. Again, we're going through for the Republicans or for Trumpers. These are the stages of grief. Yeah. I think that that was a little bit of acceptance i trump do think 2020 that, trump train 2020 i know trump you're seeing i know your songs Sorry, that, are, was... that are relatively catchy um but that man was going through the acceptance phase and isn't that the hardest phase because you realize it's well, done he's, he's gone well, he's realizing that he can watch him every single day on newsmax all these enough. republicans are totally fake friends they're totally <laughs> fake friends, and he doesn't mean want. Girls. He doesn't want any new friends. It's only Rush, and it's only Trump. Ryder dies from the day one. Well, that is, if you're Rush Limbaugh, you're like, I still got it. I still <laughs> got my money coming in. Oh, yeah. As long as people firmly believe I am the last line of defense uh, for a, to protect American democracy, Rush Limbaugh has ruined so many lives. My folks used to listen to him all the time. I mean, I actually learned to fall in love with radio listening to Rush. Because my mom used to always play him, and she would laugh, and I was like, this guy's freaking nuts. <laughs> but my mom really thought he was funny. And, you know, he is a charismatic radio host. I mean, he's maybe the greatest radio host of all time, yeah, if you only, despite like, the fact he's insane. If you only bumped into Rush Limbaugh, like at a donut shop in the morning while you're getting coffee, then it would be like, yeah, yeah I, like that. I like that Rush guy. I like that fun. He's kind of fun. Um, but then, of course, all of the policy that he spews and what he created, of course, don't forget, uh, in 96, it was the Limbaugh Congress. He's the one who gave us the almighty newt uh, he really is the one who began in many ways trumpism well, the idea I, that the left or the other is not just wrong but evil is uh, really a right wing specifically limbaugh message that well, has very, definitely stuck very soon trump or uh, very soon limbaugh will you know shed his mortal form he obviously because he is going to die and i think if trump does not enter politics again which i am almost 100 percent sure we're going to see trump 2024 uh i, I think, think trump will done. be will put that skin on i think trump will be the person you know the same i don't way, think trump plays on radio no but the same way that rush limbaugh has affected u.s politics with just his his uh, bully pulpit uh trump is going to be that new person we shall see indeed the power that trump has left over after the crushing defeat at the hands of the American voters. So let's just talk well, about this. Well, it was a total fraud, actually. I mean, really, you believe it the, was a fraud? No, but like talking about it, like some crushing victory. It was only one half. Like only like only like a certain part of the country believes that now because of this like completely fucked up situation. Yeah, people. I don't know. I just feel like the memories of the American people have gotten so goldfish esque that I really don't know how many. Oh, people can I uh, are can I share with this. you this brilliant idea from? Uh, Geraldo Rivera. He, what is this about? So he wants to soften the blow of uh, of Trump's defeat, and he has a great idea for how to like 
how to placate this or how to pacify this well this, Geraldo, this man. he might be onto something and if anyone can satisfy or pacify a group of people it's Geraldo with his incredible ass well let's hear this brilliant idea this is fox and friends yeah, I think I had an idea, uh, you know, uh, when with the world so divided and everybody, you know, telling him he's got to give up and time to leave and uh, time to transition and all the rest of it. Why not name the vaccine the Trump? Uh, you know, make it like, have you got your Trump shoot myself in the head. It would be a nice so gesture done. to him. And years from now, it would become just a, a kind of a generic. I'm just going to start have collecting you, uh, dogs. Got your Trump yet? I'm no, already I got am. my Trump. I'm fine. Uh, you know, I, I wish we could honor him in that way because he is definitely the prime architect of this Operation Warp Speed. And, and but for him, uh, we'd still be waiting, uh, you know, into the grim winter for uh, uh, for these amazing, uh, miraculous medical breakthroughs. So let's wow, talk about those wow. people. I don't know if there is ever a greater term for like sheep dipped or like just completely and utterly brainwashed. My God, Geraldo. I suppose at least in his case, it's not so much like credible journalist falls to the idiocy of Trump. It's more a lateral move yeah. for Geraldo. He's always if I'm going to say like which air quotes <laughs> journalist is going to go over and become a sycophant for Trump. I could say Geraldo. Well, he's almost sense. not even a sick. He's like. He, it's almost like he feels empathy or something. For, he like he feels something for Trump, and he the, wants to like coddle him. The opposite of how ben, we did you should get your, feel. Uh, did you get your Trump? Yeah. Did you get your Trump? Did you get your Trump? They want to turn did it into like an Uber. Like they want to change it to a, a household uh. term. Like oh no, my I got the tr- my the Trump vaccine gave my my daughter uh, Trump autism. Well, that's a whole that's a special kind of autism, but that'll also. I suppose potentially make her the next president of the United States. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. This is disgusting, what's happening in Wisconsin. So I have to mention it. This is my home state. Good people out there, but my God, they are listening. Many of them are listening to people that they um, don't understand, don't have their best interest in mind. Specifically, County Sheriff, former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark. This guy sucked the sheriff. Milwaukee, I was in Milwaukee when he was sheriff. It was in shambles. He is now calling for the Proud Boys to create a chapter in Wisconsin. The Proud Boys, for those that don't know, are one of the dumbest groups in the history of groups to ever be mentioned in a presidential debate. The fact that they were, the fact that we even have to mention them here is disgusting. Gavin McGinnis, I know Gavin McGinnis, I've met him multiple times. I did his show at Compound Media. 
I wasn't really aware of what was happening. Um, the, uh, he starts going in talking about immigrants, how America isn't a nation of immigrants. And then I'm like, well, I don't think that's true. And then he just starts shitting all over immigrants. And then I'm like, dude, you're Canadian. Yeah. Gavin McGinnis is an immigrant. Yeah. And he has the audacity to. That's the thing with these Canadians coming oh. from Canada. Oh, okay. Shit. Obviously. <laughs> Here we but go. But they come down and they're so upset with sort of the left wing politics that happen in Canada. They come to America and they're like, in America, you can you can say and do whatever you want and you can do and be as horrible as you want to be, which you can be. But they ruined it. And yeah. Yavin McGinnis has no idea what it is to be an actual American you know, because, again, he is a Canadian. Don't forget. But I want to mention this. So I did his show and uh, there was a porn store that came on. She showed her butthole. That was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, did his show afterwards. We went out for some drinks. I was like, all right, this guy is, you know, he's a character. That's for sure. And he broke down the race hierarchy. Uh, very similar to what my uncle did. <laughs> I think a lot of our uncles did. Thank, sure. I'm almost happy Thanksgiving will be solely a Friendsgiving this year. Um, but, he, you know, he said the N-word multiple times. He said that white people are just naturally smarter than black people. Asian people are the smartest. Hispanics are somewhere in the middle but below black people. Or that's like a borderline tie. What I am telling you is anyone that pretends like the Proud Boys isn't a version of alt-right fascism it's not inclusive they measure they they market themselves as like a male chauvinist club that's on a that's how they market themselves so you can imagine how horrible it truly is they pretend like they're not racist but i i am telling you right now i know gavin i know the man who started it this person is a 100 percent bigot and just look at the things that he has said uh on air he he spouts neo-Nazi rhetoric nonstop, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just I promise you that is true. So the fact that he has convinced people like Sheriff Joe, uh, Sheriff Clark, who you know he's freaking maniac. It is funny that, but um, this, like this, a, like a Canadian though would ha, would see America the same way that you know somebody from Georgia goes to Las Vegas, exactly. and it's, it's all bets are off. Exactly, you know? like, but then in in Vegas you're like, yeah, you still get arrested yeah, for punching the a cop. Are here. People yeah. live in Las Vegas. People right. just like have lives there. Right, that's exactly what it is. He thought he thought he was coming to some wonderland that he could turn into a Nazi paradise. And but you see, uh, with like John, what is that, Joseph Paul Smith or what, that yeah, guy? Like uh, he's Watson. an English guy, the Watson, yeah. yeah. Or like uh, there's a there's a bunch of people. They need to work on their who, own country and stop like coming have, here. They have political extremist thoughts, and so they take it to America, where it's exactly. where it's where it's bought and sold. Well, we have a First Amendment right. Yes, and then they abuse that First Amendment right, which they, again they have the right to do. Yeah, um, but it is what it is. So this is what Sheriff Clark said. He says we need a chapter of the Proud Boys right here in Wisconsin because they're the only ones with the courage to get in the face of Black Lives Matter. Uh, he goes on to say, pro-free speech, pro-gun rights, glorifying the entrepreneur, venerating the housewife, reinstating the spirit of Western chauvinism. That's what the Proud Boys stand for, Clark told the attendees. I don't even, this is a this is a man that he knows the microphone is on, and he's talking to a crowd of people who don't think what he is saying is completely nuts. What he said here, he also says, we pray every day that God has not turned his back on this nation. This is what happens when psychotic both parties of your government just don't do anything substantially good for your life as a citizen. Like all of this shit is all culture war stuff. Right. And 
Biden really needs to get in office and lay down like some serious uh, like FDR type beat because otherwise people will be swayed by this cultural sh- like the culture war, uh, you know, s- save white uh, lives, priorities and shit. Biden needs to get in there. He needs to fucking like cancel student debt. He needs to extend Medicaid. He needs to do all these things that, are, that substantially improve the lives of Americans so that this culture stuff is not so effective. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, canceling student debt. So it looks like there might be for s- students that went to state school, maybe a 10 grand uh, sort of a little 10, 10 grand rebate if uh, if you have to uh, have a bunch of student debt there, which you kind of do. Well, Biden in is this actually country. considering just as an executive uh as an executive action canceling student debt. But you know it's funny because all Which is over, amazing. all over conservative media they were talking about that. Yeah. They're like more evidence of government waste. I was talking with my buddy about this yesterday and he was uh like as far as I'm concerned neither party gives us a tax break. I paid so much in taxes uh under Donald Trump it's ridiculous. Right. I would like well, so you're not, I, as you're I not see the ultra it, wealthy you know, I'm like, like the poor wealthy. <laughs> and so what I see it as now is when I think about taxes, when I think about government, the idea of a small government is so cute. And I love the idea. And I love the idea of like limited taxes. And at the end of the day, it's not getting any smaller. And I just think of it more like, how do I want my money allocated? Well, and that really is. So I don't want my money going to the military. I don't want my money going to private prisons. I don't want my money, uh, you know, feeding the anti-immigrant rhetoric and uh, all of the bullshit happening on our border. I want my money going to schools. I want my money uh, going to um, uh, programs like Head Start, which is an Mm -hmm. immensely important program for foster kids. I want my money going to kids who have aged out of foster care. The money is going to be gone anyway for my pocket. So my whole thing is at this point, what administration is going to allocate my funds better? And that's the because the the idea that you're not going to pay the idea that you're going to pay less in taxes. I mean, at this point, the the government ain't shrinking and they're and they're getting their money at this point in like where we are right now as a country. Anything like that, anything like canceling student debt is a part of the easing of pain that the country is facing right now. Absolutely. It is not some like, it is not some cop out for like whatever you consider to be like a latte sipping millennial, whatever. Like we are currently in a pandemic where businesses are closing rapidly. People are unemployed. People are becoming homeless in droves. And for something like student cancellation, student debt cancellation to happen, that is, that is easing the burden of this incredibly tumultuous time well i think it is it's tough when people who didn't go to it's it's also your choice to go to college so i understand that argument where it's like why am i paying for your decision to go to college but you're well, also our whole education system is extremely fucked up that way so it's like exactly. no, starting from a fundamentally wrong place to uh to point your finger at someone who wanted to better them wanted to get better themselves because and get that's what you're education. told to do that's what you're told you to don't do. want to be a burger expected. flipper right that's what you're yeah. expected and told to do and then when you try to do it you and i have $37,000 in student loans right now, and I do not even have a college degree. I am a college dropout Jesus with $37,000 in student loans. And if it's not an outright cancellation or or a um, decrease by like 10 grand, uh, there has to be a way to get grants. There has to be a way to like um, 
if you are working hard in your profession to offset some of those costs for student debt. Uh, and a lot of times we also need to have a tiered system where it's like if you're going for dance, everything needs to be tiered to the overall amount of money that that profession tends to make. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be a doctor, you might pay a little bit more. If you're going to be a dance student, you should pay a percentage of what the average income that that profession makes. Oh, God. I my, I have a friend. I mean, I went to school in Savannah right next to SCAD, which is an art school. SCAD. SCAD. Do you know SCAD? It's, no, it sounds so bad. Savannah though. College of Art and Design. It's oh, I'm sure it's school. beautiful. It's just SCAD. It's very beautiful. Cool. Uh, but, oh, I love Savannah. You know, you have people who have screen printing degrees. Right. To make shirts. And the the degree that they got costs one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Jesus, this is real. Christ. It's I such mean, that, a that is scam. A very, that is a very particular scam, right? SCAD is, a, the... SCAD is a scam against like trust fund kids. But it's uh, I mean, that is a real that is a real sort of like what you course, might experience at a, a there, university. These and days. there also has to be uh, an understanding of how much income that person has because I'm not paying for wealthy kids this college. But if they need help. Um, I def we have to give them help. So just going back lastly, before we get to Dr. Fitrakis, uh, when it comes to things moving forward, uh, the Republican Senate has signaled it will confirm Joe Biden's cabinet. This is according to Senator Mitt Romney. Oh, the exciting world of Mitt. Did you ever see the documentary Mitt? I did. I, well, I, I actually weirdly enjoyed it. I did too. He is, he uh, is him. He's he has like a Mark Zuckerberg style of like Android quality. Like he does. He tries to pretend to be a human. Yeah. And uh, he's not quite there. He doesn't have any coffee in him. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That is what it is. Right. They're just totally sober. <laughs> so like, I mean, the rest of the world is like hung over and like zooted yeah. up on caffeine. And then Mitt Romney is very slowly ironing his shirt. That's what a normal well, I guess that's what a normal it. human what should be doing. Yeah, kind of. So Senator Mitt Romney, he said that he believes uh, a president ought to be able to pick his or her cabinet barring someone who is out of the mainstream of either party. So there's a little bit of leeway there, but I think it's safe to say that Biden isn't going to be going and uh, and getting Jesse Camp uh, from MTV anytime soon in Whoa. his cabinet. Okay, Whoa, deep cut, <laughs> deep cut on Jesse Camp. Pretty crazy guy. He oh did a lot God. of weed, and then I think he did get addicted to meth, and maybe he injured some people. But oh I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Susan Collins uh, says that she gives gr- a quote great latitude uh, to presidents to make appointments, and then we have Lisa Murkowski who said he's our president elect. All presidents have the right. Uh, to their cabinet our job our role is to make sure that he selects folks that are within the mainstream we're hearing that word a lot and are good qualified credible candidates and if he does that sure i am going to work with him so again despite everything that's being said from that weird weird bat child bat boy that is giuliani Mm -hmm. and all the trump tweets from a practical boring just a clerical perspective things are going forward and joe biden will be the next president and that's just how it's going to go and trump can be as soon as january 20th as soon as it's all done secret service is going to turn on him fast as hell and they're going to kick uh, his ass out of the white house and uh, it'll be like like the show the nanny yes and he's going to go take care of children and potentially uh, have sex with some wealthy man I will say this upcoming runoff for the Senate in Georgia yes. is so what so are you what critical. are you thinking? This is Warnock versus Lawler, and this is of course Ossoff versus Purdue. It's not really looking great for the Dems here. I I mean if the this will be January fifth, by the way, it's yes. going to be that if the election. The down ballot results. 
for you know the rest of the Senate and the House uh, this past election are any indication. I don't think it looks good for these these two newcomers, Ossoff and Warnock, are like political newcomers. I think Ossoff, the last time he ran for even a smaller, less significant role in government, he lost that. Yeah, race. I think he ran for the House. Yeah, some, but he yeah. lost. And uh, but this is really going to be important. I think that the Senate will remain in Republican hands, unfortunately. And I think then, so. And then it is up to Joe Biden to use executive actions to uh, well, that's to make be, progressive changes. Well, that will, day one is just going to be just getting rid of so many of the I mean, goddamn... Just, exactly. It's all going to be kind of trying to reverse things. But uh, I this mean... This really is just going... We So we had to avoid fascism. So now we just have to go back to 2015. Like this whole four yeah. years is just going back you know, I, to a normal place so we can try to start over. I am pessimistic about this Senate runoff in particular, but I did watch, do you know Versus? It's this I like, it's this thing that popped up uh, during the pandemic. It's where two rappers get on stage in a, at Magic City in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The strip club. I love it. And that. then they bat, they rap battle with their, uh, with like their hit songs. Okay. So they'll like, they'll bring out a song. They'll be like, remember this from 2007? They'll play the song and people get hyped up. And then the other rapper says, oh, do you remember this? This is my hit from 2009. And then they go back and forth and see whoever is like the better guy. Huh. But uh, so I, I watched it last night, and well, G, you're it, a pretty hip guy. It was G. <laughs> yeah, you're a pretty cool it really guy. Did, I was commenting in the live stream, and I was like, "I this feels weird for me, but I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna throw some flame emojis in this yep. conversation." But uh, there was two million. There were two million people on this uh, on this versus live stream, and uh, Stacey Abrams uh, from Georgia was on there talking about uh, getting out the vote. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like, she is yeah. a part of this thing where it is, it's pop culture, but she's getting out the vote for all these Georgians. Also kind of ruins it, doesn't it? It's kind of like, get out of here, she, mom. Yeah, she was a little, yeah, 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 for sure. But Just, also like, at the same time, I, I have to say, Versus is already kind of corny because of all of the promo that is happening. And every, like, every inch of the screen they're advertising like Svedka vodka, like <laughs> yogurt companies are oh, in the chat, like saying like, what up y'all? Yogurt's here. Yogurt is great. <laughs> like it's very. Who it, doesn't love Svedka and the yogurt? The whole stream is like a big advertisement. So the fact that Stacey Abrams was like, please vote for the future of our nation. I was like, oh yeah, that's well, cool you know, too. The, uh, and we should talk about this guy be, be, uh, more out of Pennsylvania, the Lieutenant Fetterman. Governor. Yeah. Fetterman. I watched a great little docu-series on Biden's campaign in Pennsylvania, and he went to everywhere that Hillary didn't. He went to all those nice. small county yeah. counties because Hillary would do Pennsylvania. She would do Pittsburgh, Philly, and then maybe hit up like one more town in Pennsylvania. But he went to Trump country mm-hmm. or so-called Trump country. They happened to vote for Trump, but they also voted for o- Obama. Mm-hmm. And I think that was huge. So yeah. Fetterman's going to be a big star in the Democratic yeah, he's, Party. He's great. Uh, all right, everyone. Now it is time for my conversation with Dr. Robert Fetrakis. You've heard him on the show before. We're going to talk about Epstein and his relationship with Leslie Wexner. And we'll also talk a little bit about what's going on uh, when it comes to the uh, voter fraud accusations coming from Giuliani and uh, the Trump administration. And of course, Dr. Fetrakis has a lot of insight uh, into voter fraud, specifically when it comes to the machines and things like that. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, But doctor, thank you so much for being on the show and thanks for chatting with me again. Glad to be here. 
So I was I was on my uh, Netflix. You know how all the kids are doing Netflix these days. And I was watching Filthy Rich, these uh, Jeffrey Epstein. I believe it's a four part series on there. And lo and behold, they're talking Les, uh, Leslie Wexner. This is the dude who was the CEO of Victoria's Secrets. They've just reopened an investigation uh, into what his company was up to, specifically in regards to his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. They were extremely close. And perhaps you could just sort of fill the audience in on uh, what was your experience uh, in Ohio with Wexner and Epstein and just sort of some thoughts on their relationship and how we got to the point where we are? Well, uh, I had a, a couple of really good sources back in the 1990s. Uh, the former corrupt Republican sheriff of Franklin County, Earl Smith, who uh, I used to tell him he was corrupt. He got caught selling badges to oh raise money, uh, 500 bucks a piece. But he used to say, I'm the least corrupt. So let me tell you who's really corrupt. And then when he lost the uh, uh, 1992 election, uh, he used to meet with me regularly. He took all the uh, files from the sheriff's office. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, uh, in those files were the names Les Wexner and Jeffrey Epstein. I also uh, cultivated the inspector general of the state, uh, the man by law who's charged with fighting public corruption and yeah. has subpoena power, a man named David Sturtz. So uh, Sturtz is the first one that tipped me to Jeffrey Epstein. He, he referred to him as, uh, quote, the boyfriend. Okay. Or, uh, Les's gal Friday, right? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was this bizarre character who was part va uh, valet, part fixer, like Michael Cohen, right? Okay. I mean, uh, he would do everything from arranging the troupe of cats, the touring Broadway troupe, <laughs> to perform out at Wexner's mansion. Uh, but he also bought people off scared people, intimidated people. And in 1991, I have these files, I had full power of attorney over all Les Wexner's wealth. And Les Wexner was a billionaire, the only billionaire in central Ohio. So this guy who nobody has heard of, who doesn't right. have a college degree, uh, who really comes out of nowhere, uh, ends up with all this power over Wexner, which everyone thought they were, uh, you know, lovers working for intelligence, but really they were running an old fashioned honey trap, right? The uh, uh, Meyer Lansky used to love a honey trap where it's called sexual blackmail. Right. So Epstein and Wexner, they were in a sexual relationship with each other. Les wanted to keep this under wraps. I suppose it was, again, a different time. And because of that, Epstein said, I'm going to go public. I don't care if I'm outed as gay. I'm going to out you as gay unless you give me billion or at least have me be in charge of your billions and billions of dollars in assets. Well, I think it was almost more subtle than that, that he had stuff. When I entered into the fray, I was able to link them to two things. Number one, Sturtz arranged for a copy of the uh, Shapiro murder file to be leaked to me that showed that Wexner, through the garment industry, shockingly, had ties to organized crime. 
right. the Gambino LaRocca crime family. Also, uh, I received tips from uh, both Smith uh, and Sturts that Epstein, and particularly Epstein, who was in charge of logistics, uh, working on behalf of Wexner, was very close to the CIA. In fact, they brought a airline called Southern Air Transport, formerly Air America, to Columbus, Ohio, to Rickenbacker Air Base, the former military air base where the military is still operating. Uh, and uh, again, Earl Smith, the former sheriff, was absolutely convinced they were selling drugs out of there, uh, custom sealed uh, containers coming in from Hong Kong in what they used to call the Meyer Lansky run. Well, it definitely seems like Victoria has a secret, and that secret might be a love affair with Jeffrey Epstein and perhaps the drug trade situation. Uh, that was uh, what the inspector general of the state uh, uh, was working on when he was fired by the governor again, uh, Governor George Voinovich. Now that we have, obviously Epstein is dead, Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison, or at the very least uh, potentially about to go to prison, about to go to trial, and she's probably flipping this way, that way, and the other. Um, how did Epstein get to where he was with Wexner? How did he even get to that position where he could be is so close with this multi-billionaire dude coming from the background that he did working class from new york uh no college education how did he even manage to get there is it is it possible that he was somehow involved with the government i mean you were mentioning cia and all that stuff it, 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 does that make well, any sense uh, that epstein would be used by the cia to get leverage on all of these oligarchs and political yeah, yeah. figures. Yeah, he wasn't an agent, but he clearly, from my perspective, he was an asset. He knew a lot of important information, you know, Prince Andrews, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, uh, uh, two presidents, uh, Bill Richardson, the governor of New Mexico, Senator George Mitchell. Uh, he knew a tremendous amount. And then what would be, so then what would be the point what would be what would be Epstein's uh, motivation or M.O.? What would be the point of him being a CIA asset? Would it just be control over these people uh, because of the leverage that he has been able to gather? I think it was protection, right? He gets to satisfy his own sexual proclivities. He gets right. incredibly rich and very powerful in exchange. And of course, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, her father, was a known Mossad agent. Uh, I mean, nobody disputes that, that Robert Maxwell was working for the Mossad. Right. So, and also had ties to MI6. Uh, and then suddenly Epstein shows up, who Nigel Rosser, uh, they've since scrubbed his site, uh, who, you know, uh, worked for the, uh, uh, the tabloids in uh, England, Nigel Rosser, uh, called me up and kind of, you know, linked the stuff of Prince Andrews. So I got to be the first American journalist to write about it. But I got it from Rosser, who was a confidant of the Queen. And it was clear they were trying to scare Prince Andrew away from Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I remember he called me up and said, well, you know, Ghislaine and uh, Prince Andrew have been on holiday nine times and five Jeffrey Epstein has been 
uh, along for the ride. And my thought was, well, you know, somebody's got to do the filming. So, you know, you need that third party. Right. When it comes to Donald Trump, obviously huge, huge surprise in 2016. We'll talk about the 2020 election here uh, coming up. But um, with his victory, was that the beginning of the end uh, when it comes to the Epsteins of the world? When it Because so many people have fallen now. And of course, some people who are really drinking, uh, you know, drinking the poison that is Trumpism. Uh, some people are like, he's exposing the pedophile rings, all of this, that and the other. But of course, he is sitting and standing well, he knew and chatting intimately. side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was he knew them intimately. Uh, so was that the beginning of the end, though? If you're someone like Epstein, you're kind of running this bizarre shadow uh, government esque, you know, sort of disgusting a hodgepodge of of power that he has in different kind of places with powerful people. And then he is running a straight up, you know, a a child sex ring. If your Epstein was the worst thing that ever happened to him, seeing Donald Trump become president. Oh, I think in many ways. And not only that, uh, I think my perspective, the so-called deep state uh, who, who Trump uh, took on directly uh, and probably not wisely uh, they're the ones, uh, I think, uh, that have been protecting uh, Acosta, right? Mm. I mean, Acosta, they're the ones that leaned on him for Epstein, right? He said that the intelligence community told him to go easy on Epstein. That was in 2008 in Florida, of course. Right, yeah. So when it comes to Epstein and Wexler, um, what do you expect to see happen now that we have? Because, you know, it's... We see constant uh, conversation about uh, investigations happening. The FBI is investigating. Ghislaine Maxwell has been relatively quiet uh, over these past few weeks. And the case, we're not really hearing too much about the case. Where do you think we are when it comes to the Epstein scandal? How far are these investigations, uh, how far are they along? And now that Donald Trump is no longer president and he's going to be booted January 20th, whether he likes it or not, do you think that it's possible that there's charges brought against him? Well, you know, the question of the 13-year-old girl who alleges sexual assault and uh, and how close they are. I mean, the strange stuff uh, with, you know, uh, uh, him sending out, you know, his best wishes to her. Right. Uh, she's been picked up in connection with, you know, underage, you know, children's sex trafficking right. is bizarre in and of itself. Uh, you know, Wexner, yeah, I don't know how old he is now, 83 or so. Yeah, he's up there. Um, somewhere in that uh, uh, age bracket. Uh, and again, he did a lot of philanthropy. But if you look at how all of this developed, and uh, a lot of it involved organized crime. Right. Uh, again, if you look at the uh, Shapiro murder files, Arthur Shapiro was the key man uh, who ran uh, Wexner's finances. Uh, okay. He was at a law, a law firm, Schwartz, uh, Kelm Shapiro. Uh, he was whacked mob style. It's the most famous uh, unsolved killing in uh, Columbus history. Uh, I wow. actually printed the police analysis of the ties where Wexner's the number three person of interest, Eddie DeBartolo, of the Genovese La Rocca crime family, former owner of the 49ers, was the number one guy listed. Jeez. So, and also, it was clear that Wexner 
uh, essentially uh, had been giving up his rolling stock, the planes, the trucks, uh, and looking the other way, his warehouses to organizations like Walsh uh, Trucking that was owned right. by uh, a part people like Fat Tony Salerno. So you had organized crime involved. But when Shapiro dies, it's he's really his spot is replaced by Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein's the mm. guy who strategically located uh, that comes forward and takes over the finances uh, for Les Wexner and also becomes his very close friend. And uh, from 1991 to 1999, has full power of attorney over a couple billion dollars. I mean, and this is a guy who only real claim to fame uh, was negative being involved in the uh, Tower financial scandal, you know, the looting of uh, uh, Tower financial. So uh, very, very strange. Well, he was fired. Jeffrey Epstein was fired from a financial corporation for not well, having Stearns, sure. Stearns for not having morality. And you can imagine how immoral you have ah. to be to be fired from Bear Stearns. I mean, that is next level stuff. Yeah. And uh, and again, he claimed that he was doing uh, bounty hunting uh, for very rich people coming up with money. And he told Nigel Rosser that he had ties Uh, to the intelligence community. Right. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. How much, when it comes to Epstein and and Clinton and uh, Dershowitz and uh, you mentioned Richardson and Trump and uh, the, the list just goes on and on, how much of their relationship was based on an actual friendship and how much of that relationship was based on the leverage that Epstein had on these people. Oh, all of it, all of it on the leverage, the honey trap. I mean, Epstein deliberately cultivated these people, put them in compromising situations. And uh, early on, Architectural Digest, uh, the house that was given to him, the largest you know, private house uh, there in Manhattan, uh, given by Wexner to Jeffrey Epstein, and then Jeez. later sold for a small amount of money. Epstein was accused in the mid-90s of raping Maria Farmer at the Wexner compound uh, in New Albany. Uh, And Wexner had given him or sold for a small amount of money uh, the guest house, the second most valuable property uh, in the Columbus uh, area and 30 acres of land at the complex. So 
Epstein had tremendous power. He's like this Rasputin character. Rasputin is such a great analogy. Rasputin. Uh, that's such a great uh, analogy. Of course, we covered him on last podcast on the left. If you haven't listened to that series, please do. Um, so when it comes to Epstein, I hadn't realized as far as rape charges go, this has been happening since the mid 90s. Sure. And, and what happened is Epstein, uh, Wexner is this, you know, small family business, you know, entrepreneur. But if you look at it, it's really Eddie DeBartolo Sr. who puts him in all these malls in exchange for control over his trucks, huh. uh, over his planes, right? Because these huge planes are coming in, right? right. He hires... Epstein helps arrange for Spook Air, Southern Air Transport, the most notorious gun and drug running airline in the world, uh, which was at the heart of the Iran-Contra affair, to come on public money, state money, $25 million to relocate from Miami, where they're too hot, to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Epstein was the logistics guy. So you've got organized crime, uh, connections through Wexner, uh, and Epstein's got these ties to the CIA. And a lot of it really is about this information because essentially, you know, they're filming, they're recording. They have all of this information, which gives particularly Epstein tremendous leverage. Is it safe to say with technology and sort of the advancement of communication, as we've seen over the years, obviously social media and everyone's connected now with the, uh, with phones and things like that. Is it safe to say that Epstein overstayed his value or his value was used up and that is why he ended uh, ended up getting arrested the second time? Uh, the CIA was like, yeah, bro, we're good. We got all the information we can use from you. Now you're more harm than good. Was he just an expired asset? And they were like, well, screw it. Throw him away. Right. And and also he was he was a, a threat. I mean, he's the man who, you know, held the secrets uh, on some of the most powerful men on earth. Uh, and it was clear that he was a liability. Uh, I mean, I don't know who couldn't have predicted he was going to be killed in prison. I do you did. Think, I mean, do you think that he was killed? You don't think it yeah. was a suicide? No, no. I mean, it, and it was predictable, just like the DC madam, right? Just like uh, the dominatrix mistress of Nelson Rockefeller. I mean, there's certain <laughs> people. <laughs> That she go, you know, and uh, Gilina really depends on uh, uh, how protected she is and uh, how real perhaps maybe are her threats to, to release information. Because it's funny that you say that because I actually have no idea. I, I could also see it just being suicide. If I'm a billionaire and all of a sudden I'm in a can in uh, New York City jail, which is sure. about as bad as it can humanly get. I mean, you are really in hell. I could also just see being like fuck this i ain't living like this i'm used to everything uh being perfect i'm I, he, obviously he was very eccentric and i'm sure the standards were not being met uh for what his lifestyle was well, three orgasms a day he could have still got the three orgasms in, in well, prison i guess depending on who he was bunkmates with hopefully <laughs> they had a connection but you really do think that he was uh that he was killed how would that have worked is there any sort of uh, insight that you have into that well, uh, generally, if you're going to kill in uh, inside, you got to have organized crime connections of some right. type. I mean, it, you really uh, have to have tremendous influence. Right. And of course, the enemies that he made have that. Sure. 
Uh, so the only people that really have, you know, it's got to be something like the mob or some right. deep state organization that can pull that off. I mean, the, the only reason I think he was killed because there was so many coincidences. Right. Either that or they set up a situation where he could kill himself. Right. right. You know, it was you know, a little malfeasance is like, yeah, we're, we're sleeping now and the cameras are off. Don't kill yourself. I could totally see that ladder being completely the ladder uh, of of your points being completely and utterly true. Certainly, a lot of people wanted him dead, and no one was sad uh, when the secrets died with him. We, uh, you know, I was thinking about Alex Jones the other day, and obviously he's batshit crazy, and you know, but you know, everyone occasionally even a broken clock is right. And when it comes to like pedophile rings, when it comes to government pedophile rings. Um, you know, he started talking about that and it's like, oh my God. And it lampooned itself because it spiraled out to Pizzagate and all this horse shit. Cause he's a fucking maniac and has no, has no ties to reality. But how real is the idea that there has been people in power for X amount of years and they have participated in these, uh, pedophile rings in order for leverage or whatever it is like, can you just sort of break that down in a, in a more rational sense? Um, of how the, how did it actually come to be? Because for us laymen, it's so insane that these things would occur at all. And it seems as if there is something with the most powerful people in the world where they're participating in this. Well, you know, uh, the nobility is always kind of sworn oath to each other while having each other by the short hairs. I right. mean, there's a whole <laughs> there's yeah. a whole history of that. And, and think in terms of skull and bones. I mean, the stuff on skull and bones, reoccurring theme. I mean, more than one person uh, connected with it had said that originally uh, the way you got in was you masturbated in a coffin and told uh, a family secret, right? Right. So you're from some of the most prominent families, the, the Bushes, uh, uh, the Tafts. And what you do is, you know, you've got to have something that can be used against you that's blackmail worthy well it does and you know that's the same thing we study a lot of cults on last podcast on the left and obviously leverage and secrets are something i mean just going back to the more recent ones such as nexium for example the uh keith ranieri cult uh, talking about how they would take secrets from people and slowly and uh, slowly uh, but surely he would end up getting control of their assets and their wealth is it safe to say that there is a cabal there is almost a cult like uh, entity out there within the elite community within our oligarchs is, is it safe to say it's almost a cult um i think what you're seeing is uh, uh to be a- at the top i don't know if it's a cult but there's certain things that i stumbled across over the years you know who's connected to organized crime for example who did something obviously illegal to make their fortune and what you find out at a very elite level there's a group of people that know it and it's just one of those things you know and you don't really use it unless you really uh have to right you know the amount of people that uh you know including chairs of uh you know the democratic political party yeah i mean well-known pot dealer everyone liked him got busted had an expunge right i didn't know when i when i used to work in that party but the people at the top all knew, and that's why he was there. Because push comes to shove, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. they owned him. They they knew his history, and they, you know. So there's a whole notion of these uh, kind of secrets that people know. 
And we're going to talk about the voting situation here in one second. But just lastly, when it comes to what we can expect going forward, obviously Maxwell in prison or again, you know, in uh, she's being detained. What do you think is going to be next? How many people do you think are shaking in their boots right now? Are there people who are really powerful, such like like Prince Andrew? How scared do you think people are in that elite class right now as we continue to uh, steal a line from Shrek, peel back the onion and continue to see how many layers are in this uh, perverted group of people? Well, uh, I think there's so many of them and they're so powerful. Uh, Unless somebody more powerful uh, wants to do them in, this this stuff's never going to really be uh, investigated. I, I'm really surprised that Victoria's Secrets has taken another look uh, at at Les Wexner. Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting, but I think uh, you know he's old. He's lost a lot of his power. He lost a lot of money. Right. But really, it was Jeffrey Epstein who? Uh, I mean, Wexner was this guy whose mom used to hang out at the Limited. Uh, later, the L brand that that owned Victoria's Secret, his mom, his sister. But when Epstein comes in, Epstein starts bringing in the models from Victoria's Secrets and also hitting on them, many of them uh, underage. Right. So, and, and again, I, I had a source that worked out at the compound uh, on security, and he'd call me up and go, well, it's a long, lean, black Henry Bendel month out here. So uh, these models were integrated and all of that really was done by uh, Epstein. I mean, Epstein's the one that took this, you know, shy, reclusive guy, Les Wexner, and suddenly he's the leading philanthropist and there's models, uh, beautiful people everywhere out at his compound. Do you think, how many tapes do you think there are? Because I know he filmed a lot, right? Do you think yeah. that there, there's just tapes floating around right now that that people know are floating around? And uh, do you think that we're ever going to really no, I, get I, to the I, truth I of this? Think, uh, I think the FBI, other agencies, other people, you know, it's like Nazi scientists in paperclip. Yeah. I think a lot of different organizations uh, who, who often are in competition with each other uh, were grabbing what, uh, you know, what they can uh, for their own uh, purposes and their own power base. Yeah. And then shape and then just sort of transitioning here to where we are now with obviously the incoming Biden administration. Uh, Trump is he's going to be out. What what do you see as round two? Travis Morningstar and I, my co-host here on Able Can Stop That, we've been talking about what's round two of Trumpism look like? What does it look like for Donald Trump? And now in the wake of all of these scandals, everyone knows the stories now. Um, it is as crazy as you can ever imagine. It's a different world that Donald Trump is coming out into. Uh, he's never not been president in a post Me Too society. What what can you ex- or what what should we expect in your mind for his post presidency to look like? Um, do you, I mean again? Do you really? Do, is there any way that he's gonna gonna have to um, testify under oath and talk about his relationship with Epstein in a in a really you know, in a, in a substantial manner. Well, uh, I think, you know, coming out of uh, uh, Manhattan there in the uh, prosecutor's office, I think that there's going to be tremendous pressure. They're going to try to do it, but, uh, you know, he's going to spend four years running 
to be president again. And, that, is a, that is what Travis says as well, yeah. Yeah, what he's not shy about is unleashing, you know, armed militia and right. illegal uh, and, you know, uh, post-constitutional American forces. I Absolutely. mean, uh, I, he, he had the ability, uh, when I was down in Columbus, I mean, there were a thousand people that were at a mask rally, right? Uh, and they were all armed, including, you know, the women. Granted, the women right. had very cute pistols and they were pink and you yeah, know, yeah. nice colors. They have guns with like animal prints on them now. Yeah, had an AR, you know, uh, 15. And I've never seen so much open carry uh, in my life. And I'm thinking in the DNA of Ohio, I, I just co-wrote a book, should be out in July, Ohio State University on the history of hate in Ohio, you know, then and now. And the uh, you know, with the demographics being what they are, uh, I think the possibilities uh, for unrest uh, are as high as they've, uh, you know, been since the 1960s. And right. in many, uh, many ways higher because we forget how nasty the violence can get. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen it in a while. So when it comes to unrest, obviously we're talking now about uh, an administration that refuses to acknowledge uh, or validate uh, in the election. Uh, what are your thoughts on like voter fraud and vote stripping? I mean, I talk about this all the time when it comes to true vote stripping, like we saw in Georgia and many other states where they just purge people from voter rolls. And there are 485,000 in Ohio in 2019, overwhelmingly amazing. off from the urban areas. Uh, again, Harvey Wasserman and I co-wrote a book called the strip and flip yes. uh, uh, election or selection of 2016. And in fact, uh, you, you know, Roger Stone had me on his show twice and wrote a glowing review calling oh. it must read in the hill. Well, if Roger Stone, I mean, that's a huge get. That's <laughs> yeah, that's going to that's going to drive people to the on book. stolen elections. Well, he is definitely an expert on stolen elections as a perpetrator. That's for damn true. So when it comes to true voter fraud 2019 i did not realize this so in 2019 450,000 people obviously ohio went to donald 485,000 in ohio okay we're, we're, so we're that heard. that's the real election fraud right right it's well you can't have one without the other uh, the the it's got to be close enough to flip it's got to be reasonable you right. know it's, uh, with you know if you flip 3 points that's 6 points and I don't think they can really flip more than five. Uh, I mean, if you look at the exit polls, which are the red flags, uh, the interesting ones uh, this time around, really, uh, Iowa uh, has some explaining to do from yeah. uh, from somebody. Southern uh, Florida, uh, maybe uh, North Carolina. But there was only a couple of them that seemed to be tampered with. But a lot of that is because of the stripping of the voter rolls, right? Right. Uh, I mean, the only reason Florida is a swing state, you know, is because of the uh, mass stripping of the voter rolls. And for years, and it continued this year with the leftover fines, at one point, 7% of all black males in that state couldn't vote uh, because they had committed uh, a state felony. So if they stayed in Florida, they'd never be able to vote in that state. And then it's like, well, Florida is a swing state. No, it's not. It's it's a blue state with massive, you know, purging of people of color. Right, right. So 
when it comes to Trump and his believers, what did he get? 72 million, something like this. How much danger do you think we are in if they I mean, obviously, we were talking about this on today's show. The election's going forward. The process is happening. The Senate's going to confirm Biden's cabinet. Um, We're moving forward. Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. But when it comes to in the minds of these people, we played a caller who called into Rush Limbaugh and he's crying, you know, and he's just like, you're the last line of defense. Do you think that we run a real danger if we have over 70 million Americans who now don't believe that we had a legitimate election in 2020? Absolutely. And uh, not only that, I I mean, I hate to say it, a lot of the stuff they're posting is stuff I've written. No, I know. That's why I wanted to have you on, because they're sort of (laughs) bastardizing your work. Of course, the Republican Party for the longest time is the party of stripping. Yeah. Well, here here's my uh, I've uh, you know, I've. I've got a PhD in political science as well as a law degree. Uh, I wrote a paper for the American Political Science Association, sort of the you know leading uh, conference. Uh, I presented it at for political science, and it asked a simple question: Are U.S. elections legitimate? Right. My answer was straightforward: They're not because they're non-transparent. Mm. As long as you allow partisan, private, for-profit entities, corporations, to secretly code everything from the voting machines to the central tabulators, you don't know. Maybe, Maybe they're legitimate, maybe they're not. Wouldn't it be in the corporate interest to have Trump have another term? Uh, it seems to be they're doing uh, quite well with him in there now. If you look at the stock market. It, absolutely. So that's kind of where it falls apart for me talking about how they want Trump out or they they prefer a Biden administration. I don't think that they would. I don't think the powers that be. No, I, were particularly I, I, I upset with think, Trump. I think actually the people are more likely to be against him are, you know, what we call the deep state military industrial complex and a variety of people. I mean, Trump had many things that uh, I was critical and would never vote for him, uh, but also he wasn't a neocon. I did like that. He, he wasn't a war hawk. He, he tended to be an isolationist and wanted to bring troops home. Uh, and also, <laughs> I mean, as much as I disdain authoritarianism, I, I thought, you know, getting along with Russia and Putin was actually positive in, in the long run. I don't think that uh, it is if it was solely getting along with Putin and Russia with unifying and solidifying our relationship with our allies, uh, with understanding his desire to you know control the Baltic and get these nations back into Russian control. I think it would have been fine. I think it just worked together in a way where it looked as if Putin. I mean, he did really have a feel. Well, it looked day. like he was being blackmailed. It, that's know, exactly I mean, it. The red. I, you know, I believe he was being uh, blackmailed by the uh, the Russian mafia. Uh, I think they were. He was money laundering. I mean, that's. Uh, mm. I think it's clear. Uh, Craig Unger, among others, you know, with the House of Trump, House of Putin, was able to name tons of names. So the problem there wasn't so. So you much. think that we had a compromised president these yes. entire four years? Okay. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely, and I, I think Putin has integrated. Uh, the Russian mafia into foreign policy, right? right? They're allowed to be rich and uh, do illegal things. They just have to serve Russian state interests. Right, 
Right, right, right. Which isn't that much different than uh, letting Lucky Luciano out of jail uh, and giving the mob uh, the power to run uh, uh, heroin into the U.S. or the uh, Corsican Brotherhood through the French Connection. I mean, we, we do that kind of stuff ourselves as a superpower. Right. Yeah. It's it, it, it seems like it could have been much worse. I mean, what do you think yeah. if Trump would have gotten reelected with all of that leverage? I mean, I don't know what would have happened. I could have seen him re- revert back to neocon like ideas too and just have a war in order to confuse the american people even well, he, more. he's an opportunist he's the kind right. of guy you, you could see attacking iran because it might give him a bump in the polls and make him yeah, happy exactly he have some large rallies you know he's got that you know he's got the same gestures more than anything uh, mussolini he's got that kind of fascist uh, mussolini uh, uh, franco feel to him Right. Absolutely. So what do you think when it comes to pardons? Where do you see Donald Trump going now that uh, I mean, he must be thinking about who he wants to pardon, who he wants to save. And well, how I think it's 50 50. He's going to try and pardon himself. Do you, OK, with your expertise, how in the hell is that possible? Because it's not, uh, you know, th- think about the people on the Supreme Court. Uh, think about their original intent argument where in the Constitution does it say the president can't pardon himself? They Maybe they could pencil it in. Uh, the argument is, right, if the framers wanted the president not to pardon himself, they would have said so in the Constitution. But maybe they didn't expect it to be this bad. <laughs> uh, but you, you got to go with the plain language. Where in the Constitution does it say that he can't pardon himself? Right. And shouldn't it? And then it'll be decided among the elite. But doesn't that doesn't that set us up for like, as you were saying, Mussolini, all that stuff? If a president, if the president can pardon himself, isn't there then or herself? Isn't there then no? There's no ramifications for their actions if they can just be with a with a swipe of a sharpie, make it all go away for them. Well, haven't presidents done that for a while? I mean. Uh, yeah. Didn't uh, Bill Clinton, uh, a major drug dealer whose wife was a supermodel, who came to the, the White House? I, I mean, didn't uh, George W. Bush uh, pardon a variety of people that right. uh, were involved in Iran Contra? It's, uh, I mean, we've seen it before. In this case, he would just be pardoning. Uh, I mean, hasn't he already done it with with Stone? Yeah. <laughs> The luckiest, the luckiest man <laughs> that has ever lived, Roger Stone. I guess a hell in, of a book reviewer. A hell of a book reviewer. Yeah. I've heard he loves it. Yeah. Uh, I guess compared to Epstein, Roger Stone isn't a bad guy at all. Well, he, well, Stone is famous for having sex with adults. <laughs> that is, that's why he's not as bad. <laughs> um, of course, costing us the election in two thousand was uh, pretty abhorrent and probably led to the. Uh, loss of thousands of lives and billions of dollars but you know whatever who's counted um dr robert fatrakis thank you so much for coming on the show man you have to come back soon maybe uh, when all of this is done and we're with the new administration and we can just keep on talking because you're you're just unbelievable and thank you so much for taking the time and uh, i hope you have a great thanksgiving week all right i appreciate it it's been fun all right there it was the conversation with dr robert fatrakis 
man, I'm starting to think these people, these elites aren't doing everything right. That's what I'm starting to think, Travis. Trump 2020, Trump Shut train up. 2020. You are, Trump you're feeding the tulpa. You're the one feeding the tulpa. No, I. You're I feeding. You're Bob, feeding the inganga. Doctor Bob Petrakis actually agrees with me. That he does agree with you that there will be, you know, a tumultuous, violent period of time after this. I mean, and of course there is because the country is dying. There's, there's like the uh, uh, pandemic raging with, uh, with no help from the government. Of course, mm-hmm. people are going to be uh, dissatisfied and in despair, and they they're going to and they're going to lean on they're going to lean on well, uh, they're they're you know just like the guy just like the guy crying on that phone call oh, with Rush Limbaugh. They are just going to lean Rush. on their big plushy superheroes. Well, you never. I don't even know if we should do these stimuluses because you heard Kyle Rittenhouse, the guy who yes, he, that's right, murdered he bought, two, <laughs> he bought his AR-15 with a stimulus check. Jeez. Or I believe he that had is, somebody buy it for him because he wasn't. That is age. like the scariest gift of the Magi <laughs> story. No, seriously, we got to get the stimulus out there. If you, if people aren't allowed to work, if people aren't allowed to leave their homes, we've got to help them out. Andrew Yang has been talking about that regularly. Maybe we'll get him back on. Although I think he's. Uh, He's CNN now, yeah, so they, they go they go through the you got to go through the legal. That's right. Yeah, who cares? Um, you got to ask, right. ask Don Lemon. Don Lemon, oh, he, he speaks truth to power. Uh, so every Leslie Wexner, eighty three years old. If I'm him, I'm just like, well, eh, maybe I should just try to die as quick as possible because it looks as if his house of cards, much like Kevin Spacey's, and, are falling down. And much how like Kevin Spacey uh, was in the closet, it looks like. Perhaps Wexner and Epstein. It's so funny because there was a he was under oath and uh, the lawyer was like, so you're bisexual. He's like, no. And it's funny because I don't think he is bisexual. I think it is just sex power. Power is the orientation. Well, he's a a metrosexual. But that's just about clothing, (laughs) clothing. Um, But yeah, he's just man. What to talk about someone who wanted power that bad. But at the end of the day, there's only so much power you can get because we're just humans. So it's like, what are you going to do with bill? If you have a million dollars or a billion dollars, well, there's quite a difference. But your day to day is probably going to be relatively similar. Look, I don't know the, why people want day, that much power. At the end of the day, sex is just power, and you can either wield it um, in a good way, like John Stamos, oh, or you can inflict pain and misery, uh, like Jeffrey Epstein. Like Jeffrey Epstein, horrible scumbag, piece of shit, rotting in hell now. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a little bit and maybe even laughed a little bit. Um, And we'll keep on trucking along like always. Hail yourselves, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. 
They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.